0: Warning, the following podcast contains foul language, sexual themes, and all sorts of other fun stuff. Listener discretion is advised. What are you doing?
1: Oh, hi, Sarah. (laughs) I hadn't noticed you there. I'm just using my new Hrang notebook. I said I'm using my new harangue notebook.
0: What do you mean?
1: Well, I'm glad you asked, Sarah. (laughs) The new harangue notebook. I'm just kidding. We don't have any sponsors, but we did get our first donation (gasps) from Jennifer Reynolds this week. (laughs) After Sarah went and insulted her heritage last week.
0: So is that what we're starting? The That's what we're with? starting
1: with. That's how we're starting this. Yeah.
0: So I guess it's a good idea as any. Um, I I so I want to start by saying I was vaguely aware that I had screwed up last week when we were talking about Ireland um, because. I mistakenly referred to, first of all, I said Southern Ireland instead of the Republic of Ireland. And then I insinuated that it was part of the UK, which even at the time when I was talking, I knew that that wasn't correct. I meant to say Northern Ireland because that is part of the UK and it's a whole mess. And I don't think they want to be part of the UK. And I I know more than the average person, but I, I don't actually know a lot because I got my education in the United States and I made a stupid comment out of ignorance. Um, and I knew that I was wrong at the time and I should have corrected myself, but my, my little American brain was like, it doesn't matter. It was just a flub in the middle of a conversation. We don't have to go back and correct ourselves. This isn't a history podcast, so it doesn't matter, but it does matter. Um, the Irish have long been deeply and violently oppressed by the British. Um, Potato
1: famine. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Literal (laughs) genocide.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so lovely Jen reached out to me to be like, Hey, um, just want to let you know that what you said was, she said, and I want everybody to know that she was being very, very sweet and do not, you know, be upset at her or anything at all. All like um, three
1: of you that interact with them. yeah,
0: <laughs> um, but she reached out and she was like, "That was actually really offensive." Um, it's it it is. I know that it is, and I should have known at the time, and I should have corrected myself at the time because the history of the relationship between Ireland and England, specifically, is very very rocky and sordid and just violent. Um, And there are a lot of reasons why, and I, what else was insensitive about what I said was that, and it's related again to my perspective as a white American, um, was because my general understanding of the motivation behind genocide is almost always racially, you know, motivated, but... I was like, I mean, the Irish and the English—they all look the same. And I and I—that was the
1: joke we were making, though, Sarah.
0: I know, I know, and that's what I was saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That wasn't nice. I shouldn't have said that. And then I also insinuated that their cultures were almost exactly the same, but they're not. Um, I obviously don't know very much about either one of their cultures because I don't live there. My own family is I is Irish. So, you know, you'd think that I would have a better understanding, but I don't. And I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say anything offensive. I wasn't, you know, trying to upset anyone. I am aware of how complicated the history of of those two countries is. And I, I would never, ever want to imply that, you know... <sighs> anything incorrect about the history between those two countries so uh this is this is from me to you i am very sorry and i hope that you will forgive me and let me continue to roast twilight with you thank you
1: (laughs) i feel like because that apology was like four minutes long that was probably a lot more yeah than anyone would have considered Expecting
0: (laughs) (laughs) If you don't expect me to go on and on and on For multiple minutes about things Then you don't know me very well I was on my period when she messaged me too So I just broke down crying I was so upset I was like I'm I'm I'm, I'm sorry I, I didn't mean I'm very sensitive
1: And The point that I made Still stands after all this
0: Which is?
1: Put an Irish person, a Scottish person, and an English person in a room together, close the door, and you don't know what's going to come out. (laughs) If any of them.
0: If any of them.
1: And that's why you can't just assume because similar skin tones, it's all going to be okay.
0: Yes. And I am aware. I know that cultures are different all over the world. I mean, I I wasn't... (laughs) It was a dumb joke. I shouldn't have made it, and I'm sorry. And it won't. I won't say it again. I already did say it again when I was making the apology, but I didn't mean it. I was just reiterating what I said. So I'm sorry.
1: I'm canceling you.
0: Please don't cancel me.
1: We're canceled, guys.
0: Trying so hard, but that means I can
1: say a bunch of offensive stuff now because we're already canceled. No.
0: but then after I deeply offended Jen's culture. <laughs>
1: She donated, she donated
0: $12 to us, which may have been I probably like $10 in cuz I think she lives in England and so it was probably like 10 pounds but because our uh our <laughs> the, the uh rate of exchange is so shit for America we got $12. <laughs> so thanks <laughs> for giving us your superior currency. <laughs> Uh, don't
1: expect that to last.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Stop! She was so nice to us.
1: Fucking Brexit, I, man. I'm
0: sure she voted stay. Like I'm sure.
1: Oh, oh she no, it's not her fault.
0: For Brexit. <laughs> She's a very smart lady. I don't think she voted for Brexit. If I just if,
1: feel bad for her.
0: Yeah. <laughs> God. Um. But uh. I mean, it would yeah. worked
1: out probably if we just kept Trump. What do you? Then we could have just we we could have just kept going on this downhill slide together. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid the economy is gonna improve too much now.
1: Oh, what are we gonna do with all these vaccines? <laughs>
0: Ah, uh, speaking of vaccines, guess who just got fucking vaccinated? Bumblebee. No, me.
1: Oh, moth, different insect. Yes. Will you share your five G with me?
0: No, unfortunately, I'm still I still have really bad cell service, so I don't think that the five G worked on me.
1: Fucking Bill Gates.
0: I know, I know. He did an AMA the other day and was and someone was like, hey, um, just wondering, have you seen the conspiracy theories about like you and the vaccine? And he was like, Yeah, it doesn't really make any sense. So I don't really think about it too much. <laughs>
1: I try not to think about how dumb people are. It's really yeah. hard, but I do my best.
0: I saw this thing about Anthony Fauci that was like, oh, so you're telling me he studied viruses for the past 40, 50 years or whatever? Also, that he could trick rednecks into wearing paper masks on their faces?
1: Fucking genius plan.
0: I know. What an also, incredible he could profit. plan.
1: I don't know how he's profiting, but like yeah step two question mark step three profit.
0: it's um a a lot of people who have these conspiracy theory thoughts like they their thinking is very insular so it's not like they have like their web of thoughts where it's like oh this thing connects to this thing thus this thing connects to this thing and then it all makes sense because you stitch it all together in a way that is comprehensive they just they just hear one thing and it's like a line Straight down a very long, dark hallway that's like, well, this thing means this thing, means this thing, means this thing, means this thing, means this thing. thing." And then by the time you get to the end of the hallway, you can't see the other end of the hallway that you just came from. And none of the things are connected because it's dark.
1: But you've learned a lot of things. No. If you can call it learning.
0: I wouldn't call it learning. (laughs) Call it being There's definitely
1: more information in your head yeah <laughs> so chapter well, 29 chapter 29 uh, oh, oh, and shout out to Steffi, not for anything in particular this time just
0: because we have to <laughs> because to we're, we're legally obligated to shout out Steffi at the beginning of every episode she sent me a bird actually, the other day
1: She sent me a bird, too. And then you sent me a
0: picture of her sending you the bird. Oh, yeah. And she
1: also told me that she sent you a picture of the
0: bird. So I'm just sitting
1: here. I'm just like, birds? I
0: I want everybody listening to be fucking confused and be like, why are they exchanging pictures of birds?
1: She also sent me, she found a Twitter page that uh, it's called crow underscore artist. Yeah. And they just do birds. Sketches and stuff. That's cute. Um, but particularly ravens and crows and other corvids. So she's like, "Here, this can help if you want to do art for your other book that you're working on, because the name of it's Fortune of Ravens, and one of the protagonists is literally a raven."
0: Yeah. <laughs> so uh, she's like, "Hey, if you want to, yeah, use <laughs> this."
1: And they have an Etsy page, and they have a bunch of like corvid pins and That's stickers.
0: So cute. I love corvids. They're so great. I love Corvids. Corvids.
1: You love Corvettes?
0: No, I love Corvids. Not Polaris? Not COVID. Corvid.
1: Uh look at Moth over here. They've got they've got Corvid nineteen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Brandon and I went to the park the other day and to meet up with a friend, which is something we haven't done in a million years. And we were all three talking, and both of them were, like, referring to me with with they-them pronouns. And it was so cathartic. It felt so good. Because I haven't really experienced that at all yet, because mostly I just talk to one person at a time. You don't really get the... You're not going to refer to me with, with they-them pronouns because you're speaking directly to me.
1: Well, no, I do sometimes because I'm I'm speaking to an audience right now.
0: <laughs> yes, of course that works. But anyway, so, like. <laughs> <laughs> chapter twenty nine. So Alice and Jasper don't come back quickly enough for the Collins, so they get worried and start to follow the couple's trail. They encounter Sam's pack. Al- they don't get very far. <laughs> they encounter Sam's pack along the way and receive a note left to the wolves for the Collins, essentially saying that Alice and Jasper have left permanently and will not be returning. Bella acts super weird about not being able to cry in her new body for some reason and becomes suspicious of Alice's departure because the note was left on a torn page from one of Bella's books. She goes out to the cottage and finds another note left specifically for her with an address and instructions to destroy the note. Bella chooses not to tell Edward about it. At first, I was really annoyed that Bella chose to keep it a secret from Edward. But, given the information we get later on about why she chooses to keep it a secret, I'm not super bothered about it.
1: don't oh, know, it didn't bother me. Because I, I was just like, clearly it's supposed to be a secret.
0: Yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> not to, like... Not to like show my hand or anything, but the number of times people have been like, Sarah, I'm going to tell you something and you just really can't tell anyone. And I'm like, OK. And then I immediately go home and tell Brandon about it. But like
1: <laughs> if the situation was your and Brandon's life was in danger and the likely reason you were being told not to tell him the information had something to do with keeping your guys's lives from being as in danger would you still be like i'm gonna tell you this information and endanger us more anyways
0: i don't know if the person (laughs) who is telling me not to tell brandon is as obnoxious and overbearing as alice is i might
1: (laughs) but if they can see the future
0: you know that's a pretty good point i just like (laughs) i don't i i don't like anything that comes out of alice's mouth so Uh, (laughs) so it's just kind of like fuck you alice i'm gonna tell edward um
1: i i I didn't really have even from this point forward i was just like i have i feel no sense of suspense yeah regarding their uh their departure
0: i guess it's like i think no go ahead go ahead go ahead
1: number one um alice is just kind of a bitch Uh, But Mm -hmm. also, number two, I just don't believe, like, outside of the story, from everything that's been written in these books, I just don't believe Smire as an author is actually going to pull a heel turn like that with one of her characters, her main characters. I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't believe you when you write this.
0: Yes, Absolutely. I think this book more than the other 3 I feel no sense of suspense going into the ending of it. I don't know why. Like I knew the ending of the other 3 books as well, but like in this I think it's because this one more even more than the other 3 leads to nothing. Like, at least books one and three both had, like, a sick fight in them, right? Like, it all led to, like, this big, dangerous fight. And then the second one, there was the race against time to get to Edward in uh, Volterra. But in this one, because we know that the, the Volturi just kind of show up and nothing happens.
1: I don't know that, actually.
0: Oh, you don't? No. Well, now you do. I thought you've read this book, right? Yeah. You just forgot everything about it?
1: I read this book like over a decade ago. Yeah, I, re- I read
0: this book. Shit. I read this book almost exactly 13 years ago because I just yeah, turned 25. you five.
1: also read Twilight? Like, 39 times before we did this.
0: Yeah, but I only read... So
1: you kept it all... You, you still, like... You had a, a Twilight compartment in your head, still. That you, I like... Guess. Kept active? Mm-hmm. I literally didn't think about Twilight for, like, a <laughs> decade.
0: Okay. I'll give you that.
1: I'm not gonna remember this shitty of a book... Yeah. ...from a decade ago when I yeah. actively didn't think about it.
0: Well... I mean, sorry to spoil it for you. I I really thought that we were going into this knowing how it
1: ended. Nope, I don't. I, I mean, I know it works out in the end, but yeah. I don't remember how.
0: Well, it's not very exciting. <laughs> Get ready.
1: It's just gonna be a giant worldwide coven circle jerk in Forest Washington.
0: I mean, um, but I yeah, you're right. I don't feel any kind of suspense going into this going into this climax of the book because I don't know it's I mean I granted I know how it ends so (laughs) I have a reason to feel no suspense Um, the
1: circle jerk has a climax
0: yeah I will say these next couple chapters really make it out to be like it's gonna be some really exciting like big bombastic thing and then it just kind of dies
1: yeah, that's kind of that's a, that's a really disappointing fact to have in my brain now.
0: I'm I'm sorry. I'm like very I sorry. didn't
1: expect it to be good, but I expected something.
0: I'm so sorry. <laughs> I feel bad. I didn't realize that you had like no idea how the book ended. I feel like you've probably said that, but like, I'm, like
1: uh, I didn't remember how Eclipse ended either.
0: Okay. I only vaguely remembered how Eclipse ended because that's the one I internalized the least. And somehow it became like one of my favorite books of the series. Um, but anyway, so Carlisle, Esme, Rosalie, and Emmett leave to go get some family friends to help them out. Jacob decides to tell Renesmee what's going on. And even though Bella disagrees with him, Renesmee doesn't seem to be upset or scared by what's going on, which is not surprising because Renesmee is a freak and doesn't have the normal process, like brain processing power of an actual child. Um, they
1: upgraded her RAM at birth.
0: Uh, yeah. Um, she even reaches out to comfort Bella, which prompts Bella to realize... The mother-daughter dynamic she had with Renee could stand to repeat itself, which is fucking weird. Your child is allowed to comfort you without you feeling inadequate.
1: As long as you can, like, take care of yourself. Unless, uh, Renesme starts going out and killing elk and bringing them to you to drink. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um... Edward advises Jacob to stay away from the main house when the family friends arrive so as to not breed hostilities and Jacob agrees but says he'll stay nearby. Bella tries to follow the lead Alice left her with but fails because she left her with a name and an address and so Bella looks up the name and finds a law office but when she looks up the address it doesn't match. It was really... When we get to the point where they discuss her, like, actually going there, I was so annoyed with how convoluted it was. We'll get there. (laughs) We'll get there.
1: (laughs) The only thing I can really say aside from that is, what the fuck is with her super secret typing scene? Because she's, like, rolling her fingers across the keyboard to seem like she's just, like, occupying herself and drumming on the desk. And I'm like, bro... Just say you have something you want to look up privately and then delete the history. Yeah. Like you're you don't you're allowed to not tell your partner things. Mm-hmm. And if that's a problem, then that's a sign of a, a very serious underlying problem in the relationship.
0: Yeah. It's it's quite silly. Also if you just get on the computer and type in a few things and your partner gets really suspicious leading you to have to hide what you're doing, that's another issue. If I got on my laptop and I just started doing something, I mean, Brandon might, if I just like randomly grabbed my laptop and started doing something, Brandon might be like, hey, what you up to? But if I was like, oh, nothing, he'd probably be like, okay. I'm just like go back to whatever he was doing.
1: Yeah, like there's a... There's, uh a level of curiosity but
0: like
1: if my partner was like I'm just googling something yeah, and they didn't elaborate I would just be like oh okay obviously it's not interesting or important it's probably something
0: uninteresting yeah (laughs) Brandon used to be more curious I'd be like oh I'm looking something up and then he'd be like what are you looking up? And I'd be like, you literally won't care. And he'd be like, no, tell me. And then I would be like, oh, I'm looking up the 2011 Justin Timberlake movie in time so that I can read the plot of it and remember how terrible it is. So he just stopped asking.
1: Because eventually you learn that 95% of somebody's Google searches aren't going to be interesting. Yeah. Unless you happen to be looking through my Google searches, in which case you're gonna find a lot of weird shit, mm-hmm. specifically because I write.
0: Yeah, same. I get a lot of that stuff. Authors. Um, yeah, uh, it's the same reason I don't show him like memes that like make me laugh out loud anymore because he doesn't. Get, he either doesn't specifically get the ones I show him, or he just doesn't think they're funny because they're too niche. And it's been a lot of Twilight memes lately. And so I'll just be like laughing at something and he'll be like, what is it? And I'll be like, you, you, you don't want it. You don't want to see it. And he would be like, no, show me. And then I'd show him and he'd be like, I don't get it. Or. Uh huh. <laughs> you know how you look at something your partner thinks is hilarious. And, and just like. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Okay, okay. I'm just going to give you a rundown of recent searches in my search history. Okay, go
0: ahead. Hey, guys. So, actually, uh, we're not going to run through our search histories because that was a really long conversation that was a little silly, but really adds nothing to uh, the actual conversation we're having. So, you get to wonder what our search histories were instead of actually getting to hear them and laugh along with us. Enjoy. (laughs) All right. Chapter 30.
1: Chapter 30. Uh, Bella goes to talk to Ed after putting Ness Quick to bed. Uh, but Ed just wants some fuck. And the unhinged obsession with fucking is getting really off-putting real, real quick.
0: I, yeah. I agree. Like,
1: every, every time. Like, because it's not just, like, every time they're alone for half a second – it's also just like randomly like spurs in throughout the narrative which she'll, she'll just look at him and be like, man, I wish I could fuck him right now. Jesus yeah. Christ. Which, this brings me to a really important question, which is how? <laughs> um, because my immediate thought here was like, she was like talking about fucking all the time and I was just like, man, I bet you get raw. I was like, oh, they won't because they're vampires. I was like, but wait, hold on. How do they get it in to begin with? Because if your body isn't producing tears, are you self lubricating anymore? And
0: I hope so. I mean, like
1: Ed produces sperm, but if he produces sperm, why can't vampires cry? Like
0: (laughs) (laughs) if Ed produces sperm, why can't vampires cry?
1: <laughs> like it was already weird some of the questions like clearly the biology is completely fucked up but <laughs> the fact that within the same book we have male vampire has active sperm and also vampire can't cry yes. is boggling my mind
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'm reading this right now <laughs> No context. I just, I don't
1: understand. So, like, do they just keep a 55-gallon drum of lube next to their bed? (laughs)
0: Like Brian! And his his mostly empty two-gallon bottle of lube that he kept by his bed. Mostly empty. <laughs> I never you saw can, that like, thing pull. <laughs> <a day. laughs> okay. <laughs> I just want to know what's happening. I understand. Inside I understand. <laughs> vagina. <laughs> I. I want. It's like you said. Stephanie Meyer needs to give a seminar on vampire biology. Because it doesn't make do sense. They just, do they
1: just like? Do they just force? It? Look. You know what? No. Nope, we're just not. We're just gonna drop this. We're just just gonna gonna move on. We're just gonna move on. (laughs) Done. (laughs) So uh, Bella tries to figure out how she can help fight fight the Volturi, including who she can target due to her powers. But then Ed's all like, "We won't fight them." And Bella's like, "Do you want me to get my shit kicked in because you left me defenseless?" And I was like, I guess not. And thus was the start of me being annoyed by Ed again for being such a little fucking bitch mm-hmm. about Bella learning how to protect herself.
0: Yeah. Ooh, I no, kind I of understood his point 40. about, like, if we have to fight them, it's already over. Like, if a fight starts, we're all just going to die. I kind of got that. But at the same time, I'm like, give her a chance, dude. This is your like, wife.
1: It doesn't matter if you're all going to die. Like, do you, when somebody breaks into your house, do you go, oh, well, I guess I'm going to die and just kneel down on the floor in front of them, ready for execution? Like,
0: <laughs> yes, actually.
1: Oh, well, I mean, that's just millennial depression for you, but Um. yeah, so uh, Ed pisses me off again. And then he explains to Bella and Jacob that the Volturi really aren't villains because they're the ones keeping the peace. And the people that think about them as villains are the ones breaking the vampire rules. Which is a really weird thing to say after having them built up as villains for multiple books. Do
0: you think that Edward has a flag in his house with a thin blue line because he he's kind of given me those well if you don't want the police to get at you just follow the fucking law vibes
1: just do what they say just Does do what they, they say
0: and and, and you won't anyways. have a problem he also has vampire privilege because the Volturi won't kill him because they see him as one of them Almost like white people have privilege and don't think that the cops are going to shoot them because the cops see them as one of them.
1: No, that's not real. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, the Alaskan clan arrives. Our coven. Coven. They're a coven, not mm-hmm. a clan. It's different. Yes. Um, and they're super nice. And then they're super not okay with Nesquik's existence. And then they're super okay with it once she mind-controls them.
0: Yeah, they make a point of saying that, like, everyone is, like, her puppet on a string. Yeah,
1: and it's... Okay, I was just imagining this playing out as they did it. Because first, it's Carmen, I believe. Mm
0: Mm-hmm, Eliezer's... Yeah. Eliezer? Eliezer? Eliezer?
1: I don't know. But Carmen goes first. Yeah. And lets Renesmee touch her face because she doesn't have any history with the Immoral Children. And she's just like, oh, cool. No, everything's cool. And then gets... A, I'm just going to call him Eli. Uh, Eli uh, to do it. And then he comes away and he's like, yeah, she's super cool. And I'm like, okay, at this point... Wouldn't you be more likely to, like, knowing that you're part of a group that often has supernatural powers to be like, holy shit, that baby's mind controlling everyone?
0: Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's more of a red flag than it is a comfort, um, yeah. but you know, if their biggest, because like, so the, the problem with immortal children is they don't really have impulse control, so that makes them super dangerous because they're small and they're fast and they're just gonna kill everything they can see because they don't care. Um, and so wouldn't you be a little a little more afraid of of a an immortal child? Who can also, like, project her thoughts into your thoughts by touching your face.
1: I was more thinking, like, wouldn't your thought be, holy shit, this is a kid that has the ability to make people fall, like... Yeah. She's not actually showing them things. Her power... Yeah. Is to, like, Mm -hmm. mind control them into loving her.
0: I, you know, they even make... Bella even kind of implies that. That like everybody loves her automatically, and that she's like, you know, something about her is just like magnetic or whatever. Almost like that's just eater. Part of her. Is my face like flashing on your screen? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why that is. There's no flashing lights.
1: I thought you were just at a rave while we were recording. I am
0: not at a rave. Um, I wouldn't be at a rave outside of COVID times. <laughs> I, had a, somebody, I have a, I have a raver friend, and he's always trying to get me to go to a rave.
1: Somebody play Sandstorm.
0: <laughs> Why would anyone play Darude Sandstorm at a rave?
1: Somebody play Sandstorm, guys. <laughs> All
0: I've right. Never been to
1: a rave. I don't want to be to a rave. Uh, anyways, all of them agree to stay and witness for the Cullens uh, and Tanya and the not Carmen sister whose name I can't remember. Um, Kate. Kate, Tanya, and Kate are like we're gonna fucking slaughter them if they try and fight.
0: Yeah, they were and like, Ed's- oh, we're yeah. And Bella's like, I can't believe they would lay down their lives for the for my baby. And I'm over here like, yeah, same, Bella
1: okay so here's the thing about tanya and kate is kate's the one that has the the static ability right mm-hmm. okay so tanya's like look it's our fault because it's our coven member that yeah. got you guys into this mess and we didn't come to help you last time and we're supposed to be your family so we're gonna stand by you even if that means fighting to the death yeah but then the way they react to it, I'm like, okay, I don't think it's just that. Yeah, I think it's also that Tanya and Kate just really want to beat some ass, <laughs> and like, I dig it. I yeah, I dig it. I was digging Kate in these chapters. I was like, yeah, Fuck Kate's yeah, Kate. pretty
0: cool. I like Kate. Um, yeah, these chapters are so much talking and and exposition that like. I find myself walking away from them just tired and, like, not wanting to think about them anymore.
1: I literally, like, almost fell asleep after I finished reading them.
0: <laughs> yeah. This book is so... is is. I know we've said this about every single one of these books. I think Eclipse utilized its pages the best out of all three. Um, and I think this one is the worst.
1: This This book's pages would have been better utilized... Printing banned Dr. Seuss books
0: <laughs> with all of their racist imagery that the conservatives seem hell bound keeping in print for some fucking reason. So chapter thirty one, Elizer theorizes that Bella's ability could be used to shield others from the abilities of other vampires. Elizer has this like weird power where he can like sense the abilities of other vampires, um, which. The raw power of these vampire abilities has really ramped up, uh, as we'll see in the in the coming chapters, because, oh, my God. Um, but anyway, so he thinks that she could protect them from Jane and Alec, which are the Vulturi's most powerful weapons. Um, and they, Bella talks about it at some point, but she was like, well, I bet because of their powers being so strong, like, they can't fight. So maybe I could distract them while, you know the others like actually fight and edward was like no that's stupid
1: (laughs) you're stupid
0: you're stupid edward uh kate explains that her gift of electricity like started like only in the palm of her hands but like now she can have it all over her body which sounds really sexy um And she had to practice. Especially if you're into
1: that kind of thing. Yeah.
0: (laughs) She had to practice a lot to get it to work that way, which, you know, is implying that Bella just needs to practice a lot. Um, Edward and Eliezer discuss the reasoning behind the Vulturi's attack and conclude their overall goal may simply be to collect Edward and Alice to use their abilities. Bella thinks this may be why Alice fled, to keep herself away from the Vulturi.
1: So, not only are they ramping up the abilities, if you remember in the earlier books, Smyre specified when writing that vampire abilities were like kind of rare. Yeah and like not and most of them weren't that strong
0: just some of them were (laughs) like jaspers and and i think they they definitely kept it down because alice's ability to see into the future is very powerful yes but also it's kind of limited because it's based on people's choices and they change all the time and you know so she only gets like a limited view of things but then like edwards he can read minds and like that's powerful yes but like only to a certain extent. And then Jasper's is pretty good because he can like chill people out and kind of affect their mood and stuff. But I wouldn't say that that's like the most impressive superpower I've ever heard of. And now it's like, oh, she has electric hands. (laughs) And the reason that Jane and Alec- Yeah. The reason that Jane and Alec are so terrifying is because they have incredibly strong abilities. But as we're seeing- in the next couple of chapters is that the powers are just like insanely like over the top powerful. And for some reason, the Cullens are friends with like everyone who has like one of these insane powers,
1: which suggests that either a, these powers are not nearly as rare yeah. as we were led to believe originally or b the Cullens have been secretly creating a task force of <laughs> ex-vampires.
0: Amazing. I would love to watch that movie.
1: So, yeah, uh, lots of vampires start showing up. Uh, this is chapter 32, if you couldn't tell by the fact that I took over yeah, uh, on the narration here. Um, and literally everyone agrees to stay and help... Because what the fuck is conflict? Yeah. Like, they have a tiny bit of conflict, which I'll get to in a second. But, like, literally everyone that comes stays.
0: Yeah. They don't have anybody say no. And I guess maybe they were, like, fluffed with information before they arrived. Or maybe they owe Carlisle, like, a debt.
1: (laughs) I mean, most of them said that, like, when they got there, they had no idea what the fuck they were walking into.
0: Yeah, which is insane. Because like some of them come from all over the world, there was one that came from Ireland. Shout out three. Th- three. Well, there was one coven that came from yeah. Ireland. Uh, shout out to the Republic of Ireland. Um.
1: <laughs> so, so yeah, the Irish coven's cool about it because their newest member is able to like tell if people are lying. So they were like, Renee's cool, and I think Maggie is her name was like, yeah. And that's quick's cool. Yeah. Um. And the, the but the worst part about this whole like this quick parade of people we get coming in is Smires' descriptions of them. <laughs> because Smire's descriptions are always bad. So she describes the matriarch of the Irish coven. And I was left confused over whether this was like, as Sarah's coworker would say, a tough woman. <laughs> <laughs> or if she was like rotund, like I couldn't, I I didn't know what she meant by it being a large, beautiful woman.
0: Yeah, I, I was like,
1: is she very tall and burly? Is she, like, what?
0: yeah, is she just like a giant woman? Like, like what's her I, name? Like, what's her name? The main character Game of that show you like?
1: Oh, never mind. No,
0: Sheera. <laughs> That's the one. She's tall, right?
1: Yeah, well, when she transforms, she is. Okay. Adora, like, Adora is small, but then when she turns into She-Ra, she gets huge.
0: Okay, got it.
1: So, uh, yeah, I don't know what the fuck that was. And then breaking away from the confusion of the Irish coven introduction, um, she decides to make her stance on brown people. Oh, God. Once more, uh, because the Egyptian coven comes in, there's four of them. And she makes a point of stating that all of them look so similar that she actually thinks they're family members. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, Smire! Smire! Do
0: have- they don't all look the same. <laughs> like- I don't mean to alarm you. The people of Egypt do not all look alike. And it's very no. racist for you to imply that they do.
1: And uh, this is where the only conflict comes in, because the dude leading the Egyptian coven is like, nine about this. But Benjamin, Benjamin.
0: Hello, Benjamin. What's your ability?
1: Uh, is the fucking avatar. <laughs> and he says they're going to be healthy time. And the leader of the coven is just like, well, I guess we're gonna be healthy time because I don't wanna lose the fucking avatar, the only vampire who can actually control the elements. All the fucking elements.
0: He can control all four elements. Only the avatar, master of all four elements, could stop them.
1: He is literally the fucking avatar. But Emmy, when she the straight straight world up needed just... him
0: most, he vanished. <laughs> A hundred years have passed, and my brother and I have discovered the new avatar, an airbender named Aang. He still has Fuck a lot Aang. to learn. but
1: <laughs> Fuck Aang, okay? Korra's where it's at. Korra kicks ass
0: i i i absolutely hate engaging in any kind of discourse relating to who could win to fight cora or Aang. cora because cora would actually fucking fight and then Aang would just be like no i don't want to hurt you i'm Korra a little will bitch beat
1: the shit out of you cora <laughs> spoiler alert uh for anyone who hasn't watched like a ten-year-old show. Yeah. Cora literally goes into boxing rings and gets the shit kicked out of her and tries to beat the shit out of other people just because she's having a bad time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Cora would definitely win in a fight Anyways, between Aang and Cora.
1: Benjamin's the fucking avatar, literally. Everyone else has mind abilities and he's over here like, yeah, I can she's fucking shoot fucking fire. the fucking avatar! And then we have the Amazonian vampires. And I want to give Smyre the benefit of the doubt and say that they're depicted the way they are to match legends of Amazonian warriors. Um, but it doesn't really work. Because here's a fun fact for you. Um, if, if you hear Amazonian warrior... And you correlate that to Amazon rainforest? You're very incorrect. Yeah, uh, the Amazons Amazonian were Greek. <laughs> were Greek. Um, originally thought to be a myth. Uh, in recent years, discoveries are leaning towards there may have actually been these groups of all w- female warriors that went yes. around and fuck shit up. Um,
0: And they only brought men around so that they could make more warriors. And then they would be like, toodaloo, get out of here.
1: So the Amazonian warriors or vampires here are from South America.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Go on. (laughs)
1: Tall and athletic, as you might expect, of an Amazonian. Um, But she describes them as uh, basically feral looking and uh they wear animal skins instead of normal clothes that are stitched together and i'm just like so first you bring in a group of brown people and you're like they all look the same and then you bring in another group of people and you're like they're feral and they're dressed in animal skins.
0: I just... (laughs) Yes, you see, she doesn't believe... She definitely has the impression of, like, countries outside of the United States that they, like, live in huts and, (laughs) like, they don't have, like, cities and shit. It's just, like... So, I'm sure she got her perspective on countries that are not the United States from, like, UNICEF commercials where they only show you, like, children, like, wearing rags in the streets, when in reality, like, every, every, like, countries in Africa and South America are all, they have cities, they have Wi-Fi, they have, you know, everything that we have. I don't know why cities and Wi-Fi are the things that, like, I equate. Yes, they do have impoverished areas. So does the United States, specifically. On Native American reservations. <laughs> Ironically enough, one of the main settings of this book.
1: Just so we're clear, Amazonians wore, like, bronze and leather armor.
0: Yeah, they didn't wear animal <laughs> skins. They were, like, fully decked out warrior women who would kick the shit out of you. So, I mean, this is awful. This is a terrible depiction.
1: And, like, so I'm either leaning towards she associated Amazonian with Amazon uh, and the fucked company? it up. No. Yes. Or <laughs> she was just depicting people from South America like this.
0: The- um, you know, neither one is good. <laughs>
1: neither one is good
0: neither one of those is appropriate at all smire oh god okay
1: so uh but honestly those characters are great like aside from that yeah like they're terrible depiction i like them as characters
0: yes (laughs)
1: um so then bella does a good train and she learns to fight a little bit and how to rubber band her mind shield out to other people um which she only really learns how to do when Kate threatens to shock Nesquick. Uh, because she said that shocking Edward over and over again wasn't enough motivation to get Bella to work. So she was like, oh, I'm just going to shock your kid then. Worked.
0: It did work. It did work.
1: Wasn't an advisable course of action.
0: Yeah, it wasn't necessarily ethical. It it, wasn't ethical, but it worked.
1: And I'm like, I'm torn between. It's really, it's really rude to make somebody feel that kind of terror for their child's safety and well-being, and you're all literally about to get slaughtered in a couple weeks, so you're gonna do what you gotta do.
0: (laughs) It's one of those things where it's like, it's a really common trope in fiction where it's like, I'm gonna give you no choice but to succeed. And therefore, you will succeed. You know, the, the classic, like, I'm going to drop your kid off a bridge so you'll have to learn how to fly. Or whatever, you know. I want to see that
1: happen, but then, like, the character jumps off the bridge as well to fly and then just mm -hmm. fucking dies.
0: Well, yeah, so (laughs) they actually do this. You know, the the classic, like, if you don't push the baby bird out of the nest, they'll never learn how to fly. And the idea is when you push the baby bird out of the nest, it will learn how to fly because it doesn't want to die. So in the second season of The Boys, there is a kid who is related to a superhero who can fly. And that superhero is convinced that the kid has to be able to fly like there's no way the kid can't fly so the hero takes the kid up onto the roof kicks the kid off the roof because he's like you'll learn how to fly if i if i kick you off the roof and the kid just falls lands flat on his fucking face on the ground he didn't eat the kid's fine but like it was it was a really wonderful moment of just like I guess this is the moment where the kid learns how to fly No because that kind of motivation Realistically doesn't work That's not how you Motivate someone to do something you don't just make them Fear for their life Like maybe It it could work but like It probably won't and you're just gonna End up with someone dead
1: The entire sparking of Planeswalkers And Magic the Gathering disagrees with you (laughs) Oh Oh so then two romanian vampires show up uninvited and insist on helping because they want to watch the vulturi burn
0: the romanians one of them is
1: named vladimir
0: the romanians are like quote-unquote normal vampires right like they yeah. they eat people yeah gnarly It's weird. They're just, they're it's just weird like... to me that the Cullens are recruiting multiple vampires to fight with them who go against their fundamental way of life. And
1: well, I think it's like if you're a vegan, you don't necessarily hate people.
0: No. <laughs> but we're not talking about human vegans who are choosing not to consume products from animals that are only mildly sentient. We're talking about vampires who have chosen a way of life to not consume human beings. And I, I, you know what, as much as I love to like tout like dogs are better than people or I love my pets more than I love people, people are above animals i'm going out on a limb hot take people are above animals oh no, i do
1: i this reminds me of uh i've seen multiple reddit posts recently about like alien civilizations finding us and how they would just treat us the way we treat animals mm-hmm. and i'm like i don't
0: no.
1: think that's how that works like everyone ignores the fact that like any advanced enough civilization to get here would see us and be like okay these humans are capable of creating art and technology yeah so they obviously have a high level of sentience and sapience which is not the same thing we see when we look at other animals yeah. there are certain animals that we see and we're like holy shit like dolphins or other great apes
0: no, you're missing one really important group, and that's ravens. specifically ravens and crows, who crows have literally entered the Stone Age.
1: They rem- they remember individuals. They mm-hmm. can recognize people, and not only will they recognize people and remember what they did and make those connections yeah. in their minds, they can teach other crows, including their children, who is bad and who is nice so somebody can run into a crow they've never seen but they were a dick to that crow's dad and so that crow will attack them
0: yeah it's It's fucking crazy yeah crows are incredibly smart they will bring you gifts if you give them food yes yeah like you give them food and they won't just bring it to like your house Or, like, the house they think you're in or whatever. They will bring it to you. They'll, like, wait until you come outside and they'll be like, I brought you this. And it's not just, like, a piece of wood or something. They, like, find things that are shiny because crows know that humans like shiny things.
1: They understand the basics of currency exchange. Yes.
0: They give you... They exchange goods and or services for... The food that you give to them. It's fucking crazy. They, yeah, they're I mean they're literally like when we say that crows are in the Stone Age, it, it like it kind of sounds like that's not anything. No, that's insane. For an animal species to have entered the Stone Age is is incredible. So they,
1: they are at human. Oh, and if anyone's like, but their brains are so small. Uh, fun fact, actually, recent research figured out that birds have just as many, if not more, neurons in their brain than humans. Mm-hmm. It's just that their br- their neurons are significantly smaller than human neurons. Meaning that they can fit all the same stuff into their brain at a much smaller
0: scale. Yes. Yes.
1: Yes. Moth is getting hugged what? by husband.
0: <laughs> mm. I like hug.
1: You guys recording right now? Yes. So you're in the middle of an episode. Yeah. So if I say things, it'll be on the podcast. Yeah. Okay.
0: Are the vampires in Twilight? I I don't have they really ever explained like why there are vampires or it's just like vampires have always existed. No. Is it possible that they are aliens? Technically, yes. It is. I mean,
1: based on Stephanie, think about that, folks. Chromosome (laughs) DNA crap. (laughs)
0: Sorry, I've been eating a cinnamon roll over you, Sarah and then. Just <laughs> yeah, I've been watching. It. I've been onto her yeah. It's wonderful. <laughs> Thanks for joining us.
1: It tastes very good.
0: Okay, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so, new question are vampires aliens? Go. We towel. Okay, he was going into the kitchen. <laughs> I thought he was coming back to annoy me. <laughs>
1: The answer is no. The better question is, would Stephanie Meyer make vampires aliens and justify it by way of them having genetic material that came from a planet aside from Earth, thus giving them a different level of chromosomes from humans, even though you could develop a different level of chromosomes anyways? Uh, And the answer is yes. That is something Stephanie Meyer would write.
0: I mean, her follow-up book is an alien sci-fi book.
1: The Host, yes. Called The Host,
0: yeah. So, you know, she's got aliens on the brain. Chapter thirty three. So Bella sends Renezme and Jacob off to see Charlie and drives to Seattle to find the address that Alice gave her. Um, and so she gets there and it's like an abandoned building. But then she meets some strange people and she asks about this name. And a strange
1: people.
0: Yeah, she meets a strange people, a strange person, a stranger. Um, and. <laughs> She's like, hey, are you familiar with this guy? And they're like, yeah, here's this law office, which Bella also found earlier when she was researching this person's name. So she could have just gone there in the first place. Um, so she gets when she's at the law office, she finds that this is a lawyer who has worked with Alice before. And she gets forged birth certificates and passports for Jacob and Renesmee under the names Jacob Wolf and Vanessa Wolf. Um, and she wants them to use those should the fight with the Vulturi go wrong and they need to escape. Um, she keeps this all a secret from Edward so that Arrow cannot see this information through his thoughts. Which, I agree with. Obviously. That makes, that makes complete sense.
1: Aside from the first four chapters we read being shitty, I think this was my favorite chapter in the entire series.
0: Okay. It
1: was just... Fun.
0: i thought it was she, stupid
1: oh it was stupid yeah but like it was enjoyable for me because she's just like driving up into this busted up fucking town and then there's just some dude that looks really weird in a trench coat with a newspaper sitting there that's just like you're pretty and she's like and i smiled at him and it's just like is Bella, is Bella using womanly wiles, on, on a man? Is that what?
0: Is that what? She's happening? done it before. She used it on Jacob in book one.
1: And there's so much like intrigue.
0: Yeah, it's, it's with, a little with, convoluted. With like the, I are you
1: part of the mafia? Are you part? And then she goes to the office, and the dude is fucking scared shitless. And I'm just like, what did, because it's Jasper that always interacted with him, not Alice. Mm-hmm. Alice which is the one that left the information from, like, what did Jasper do to this guy that has him literally sweat? He is wiping his sweat away yeah. while they're talking because he is so terrified of the Cullens.
0: It's just so, I don't understand why Alice gave her the original fake address and why she didn't just give her the address of this law office.
1: Doesn't make any damn sense. It's like she wanted it like, to be a
0: trail of bread crumbs but it's just the one crumb that leads to the one place that doesn't make any sense i don't i literally don't understand like if this guy has worked with them before on getting fake papers i do not understand why bella had to go to the first abandoned building it It
1: was like it was like we took one chapter from a (laughs) noir-esque female protagonist mystery novel and just plucked it out without any context and put it into a Twilight book. And it read much better than anything else in
0: the series. Yeah.
1: But it was fucking stupid. It
0: was silly. And I will give that it wasn't the worst thing I've ever read. Um, But I was just like so annoyed because it felt like she was trying to build up some kind of mystery. But it just didn't really work because it didn't make any sense.
1: No, no. The mystery <laughs> fell apart at every turn. I... The dude was like, why didn't you just come to the main office? And the dude that she met out in the shitty area was like, why didn't you just go to the main office? So everyone's just like, why didn't you go to the main office? We don't know
0: either. We don't know either. (laughs) But that's chapter 33. That is. Our next, we only have one part left and then we're going to watch the movie.
1: And then we're gonna read Midnight Sun.
0: And then we're gonna <laughs> read Midnight Sun. <laughs> I'm hoping that it's that it's good, that I enjoy it. I miss oh, the shit. original Twilight.
1: I need to get a copy of Midnight Sun. I don't. No, see, you missed the original Twilight because you've become nostalgic for it now that we've been through all this shit. <laughs> yeah. But you've you've forgotten the like twenty-two chapters of drawling mundane <laughs> bullshit before something actually happened. It felt We're so reading... much
0: simpler back then. Like, the our understanding of the world at large felt so simple compared to the absolute horseshit that we have now where none of it, it sh- makes sense and all of it is stupid.
1: I just wish she'd planned out, like actually planned out this series because the characters that she introduced in this section... A lot of them were, like, cool concepts, and I would have loved to have them, like, if they were going to pull a bring all of the vampires here at the end of this book, it would have been nice to have had them, like, sprinkled throughout the series so that we knew who they were. So, all of a sudden, like, Irish Coven shows up, and we're like, oh, shit, there's the people from Twilight, book one, chapter 22. Seventeen.
0: It feels like Stephanie Meyer created a robust and intriguing world of vampires and then picked the most boring side characters to write the entire series about.
1: Or more likely, it feels like she created a robust world of vampires, but only after completing the series.
0: That's, yeah, honestly.
1: And, like... The the abilities and everything were were pretty lit if we just dropped the fucking avatar because not that elemental control isn't isn't cool, but uh it's it's just so out of place with everything yeah. everybody else does.
0: It is absolutely insanely overpowered. There's a reason that in the Avatar universe, the fact that there is an avatar is like baffling and like revered by every single person in that universe the fact that the volt like i'm sorry but like it almost feels completely irresponsible to have this character be here when we know that the Volturi are possibly coming here purely to acquire vampires with special abilities you want to bring the avatar in who is also like a younger character
1: Ed likes him, though.
0: Yeah, like, he's... Well, I actually... I don't know if he's, like, actually young or if he's just physically young.
1: We don't fucking know. We don't that know. It means anything in this universe.
0: Yeah. Everybody I acts don't. exactly the same no matter what their age is. And that's the end. Follow us on Twitter at 2020 Twilight Pod. M is at M of many names. I am at Sarah S. Wilton shoot us a coffee over at ko-fi.com slash 2020 Twilight Pod. That's where lovely Jen gave us that incredible donation of 12 American dollars. It was honestly like, Emmy sent me that immediately after I had that conversation with Jen about how offensive I was. And I was like, I cannot believe that while I am trying to handle the fact that I said something problematic in the last episode, we are also getting our first donation, which is so exciting from that person who I said something problematic about. Again, I'm very sorry for what I said. It was dumb. I'm going to try to be more mindful in the future. Give us money. Shout out! Shout out to the Republic of Ireland. We love you. I'm gonna go re- reread all of my books on Ireland. Uh, give us some money, please. Donate. <laughs> please? Thank you so have, much for I might your donation. Have money now,
1: but I still don't have another job. Yet. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much for that donation. Um, it's gonna go straight into RSS. Promise gonna pay for us gaily into it gaily gaily into rss so that we may keep the lights on in this uh in this old podcasting space oh we love you we'll see you next week jumanji goodbye